0: Welcome to the Purpose and Profit Club podcast for nonprofit leaders, mission-driven creatives, and social entrepreneurs. Get ready to stop dreaming and start doing. Here, ideas become action. We prioritize purpose and profit. You ready? Let's go. We have a very special guest today. I'm thrilled to welcome and introduce you to Becky Straw, the co-founder and CEO of The Adventure Project. The Adventure Project is Is an organization that I've been admiring and watching for a while. I, as a marketer, the marketer in me really comes out when I see their interface, when I see the style in which their emails and their website and really all their their campaigns are positioned and messaged. They really stand out. And I see with Becky and her style of showing up online and, you know, assembling supporters online across the country, across the world as something that so many of us can learn from. And she shares a lot of that today. So let me tell you about the adventure project. The adventure project works to strategically invest in entrepreneurs that address four biggest needs in developing countries, water, hunger, health, and the environment. In 10 years, they have engaged over 10,000 people to create over 2,000 jobs in Haiti, India, Ghana, Kenya, and beyond. Together, those entrepreneurs serve over 2 million people in their communities. Now, you may know Becky, and she'll talk a bit about it from her work at Charity Water. She spent three years helping to launch a nonprofit, which I know many of us are like, oh my gosh, Charity Water. So she shares that and really her path to starting her own organization. She and her co-founder Jody are the recipients of the 2015 Diane von Furstenberg People's Voice Award for female founders making a difference and recipients of $1 million Bitcoin donation from the Pineapple Fund. They are doing amazing things. So I'm so excited to welcome Becky to the podcast. Welcome, Becky Straw, to the Purpose and Profit Club podcast. I'm so excited to welcome you on. I've been following you for a while, so when I pitched you, I was thrilled that you said yes. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, thank you
1: so much. I am excited to be here.
0: So what initially prompted this this interview today was a survey that I received because I'm on your email list and I have to make a sidebar before we even talk about the survey, which (laughs) is that I teach a lot of courses and programs and workshops to other nonprofits and very few of like of the course content that I teach. There are very few examples of nonprofits and, and what to do, if that makes sense. Usually I pull from (laughs) what's happening. You're laughing. Yeah. Usually I pull what's happening from the for-profit world. And we talk about what's working and how to adapt that to nonprofits. Right. But the adventure project is one Where you have made it into several of my courses where I'm like, check out this landing page. Check out this. Here's here's what I love about it. Let's talk about it. And I just wanted to brag on you for a minute that your emails and your website. Your website is looking good and it's very (laughs) dynamic and Well, tell me, tell me how that
1: feels. Cause that like your face is like, Oh, is it? I know. Well, you're, I'm laughing. Cause I was just on a call where I was talking about the top 10 web pages that are currently broken on our site. <laughs> like, like, Listen. like, uh, there's a page that's just all wrong. Like there's some mobile landing yep. mobile issues, you know? And I think, um, transparently we're a team of three. Yep. Um, we had, um, consultants come in and help move our website to webflow and and they did the initial 10 pages. And then as we add things, we laugh and accidentally break other pieces. So thank you for the compliment. It is so nice. Um, but you know, I think you're always like the harshest critic of your own work. Mm -hmm. That's how we feel (laughs) where we're always like, Oh Jesus, it's embarrassing.
0: So thank you. And it's, it's also a good reminder too, that like, there is no, there is no finish line. It's always ongoing. Like it's always ever changing. But what you do really well is something that I talk about, which is headline, sub-headline, call to action. Like you mm-hmm. give me little bite-sized punches in a in a way that we don't see a lot of in the in the nonprofit world. Nonprofit world, I just want to edit. <laughs> I just want to edit a lot, right? And you have a lot of dynamic pieces to your website. I also liked the chat function, so it's got a lot going for it that
1: I love. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, so, I- go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say a lot of that came from my work at Charity Water where I, I wasn't in the program space at all. I was the third employee, which was lovely because I got to see under the hood um, and how the sausage is made. But a lot of nonprofits want to tell you the story of the sausage. And that, that's where I learned very quickly that the, the most direct route is just showing problem and solution and how you can help. And that time and time again is like how you raise the most money and get the most engagement. Which sucks because you want to show how the sausage is made because it's so cool. Most nonprofits are doing incredibly complex, interesting, holistic programs. It's like people don't have time to read all about it.
0: That's right. I self-identify as a skimmer. So I skim emails. I, it's, it's, I'm a skimmer. And part of that is probably just my brain. And part of it is the fact that I've got two kids and they're da, 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 and this and that, and run my own business. And it's, I always say like, bottom line me, what is the thing that you want me to get? And so we really, we want to speak to the skimmers, but we also want to speak to the people. I know that there are folks, they read your content cover to cover like a book. And I also want to make sure that they get what they need to, but we, we do, we often forget about the skimmers. Like we forget about the folks who need to get it bite-sized quick, quick, quick. So Yes. Let's talk about this survey. So what here's the first thing that was really interesting to me. One is, I don't know that I've received a survey from a nonprofit, like not that I can remember of late, right? So number one, the fact that you were surveying your audience <laughs> was new was new and different, okay? So that was like kudos, boom. The next thing that was interesting was that you decided to survey everyone on your list. So you didn't just survey donors. you surveyed as far as I can tell, everyone. So let's talk a little bit about what prompted the survey.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um definitely happy to answer those questions. What prompted it was we have um hired two consultants who help work in marketing in terms of branding and design. Um because we have been doing the design kind of internally ad hoc. We've had some volunteers who did the logo and, and other pieces and we feel like there's a great disconnect towards scaling. We have an incredibly loyal uh, supporter base of, of a few thousand people, which is remarkable. And that core group, we wouldn't exist without them. We were a grassroots organization. Um, the average donor gives $200. So, um, you need a lot of gifts to, to really create a lot of impact. So we're trying to figure out how to scale and like, what's going to resonate with the most people. How can we find out from our core supporters? Like, what do they care about? What values matter to them why did they give in the first place and also if you didn't donate why why not like please let us know <laughs> like what, uh-huh, uh-huh. what's the missing piece and and we we gleaned some really uh relevant insights i will also say that it felt like we emailed everyone we did not we okay. we emailed our most engaged people because we were hoping to get 50 responses from the donors and 50 responses from non-donors so okay. i think what we ended up getting is we got um for non-donors, um, <laughs> we called it, uh, Caroline who runs a uh, marketer on a mission. I believe that's what she's calling it is, um, she was like, these are the lurkers. Like these are people who are also working yep. at nonprofits or at marketers who <laughs> open all your emails. Um, but they're trying to also like glean insights and ideas, which I'm a lurker on so many nonprofit websites. Yep. So that's where we got most of our responses from too, which is really helpful. Cause we got people uh, like yourself and it, to give us some really good insights into, um, what we could do better. There's
0: lurkers. And there's also a term that I really love in our, in our world called, and shout out to Caroline, cause we were just messaging yesterday. So I'll have to okay. tell her about this interview. She's made site. Um, there's something called silent supporters. So I think there's mm-hmm. donor, there's donors, right. Engaged folks, don't even volunteers, right? Like anyone who's like doing the work saying yes. And then there's lurkers like that, which I think is the perfect term. And then there's something called silent supporters. And I think there's silent supporters are also some low hanging fruit that they haven't done a thing yet. And they've been cheering you on without cheering you on at all. Like you wouldn't know it. And I, I feel like a survey is a beautiful way to say, what are we missing, silent supporter? Hmm. Where can we give you a nudge that we see you? I didn't even know you were there, but thank you now you're there. so so let's talk a little bit about maybe the results of the survey and what what was surprising, what came out of it. Give me the deeds.
1: Yes, I mean, I think the basic the biggest, largest takeaway from us, which was a little bit of a pause and we're like, huh, is that um. Nobody really likes the name of the adventure project. <laughs> they feel neutral about it, you know, and um I told Caroline Griffin, I said, that's okay. We launched our organization in six weeks. yeah, there was no naming convention that happened. There was no um marketing consultancy brought in to help define the the verbiage, you know, like, yeah, yeah, we were attached to it in the sense that we felt strongly about. The idea of adventure is like doing something new, which is what we wanted to do for um, our methodology of helping people, which for those that don't know, it's like we work to create jobs in developing countries. Our yep. philosophy is instead of aid, we're going to give job training and skills because that's a much more holistic, effective, self-sustaining way to operate. That's right. And so by supporting ventures and job creation, we're adding something positive. So we thought adventure, that's fun. Um What ends up happening is a lot of people are like, "Oh, are you a skydiving company for kids with cancer?" You know, like it could be any nature, it could be anything. And so that was the biggest takeaway is that most people felt neutral about it. A lot of people hate it. A lot of people didn't like it. Uh, You know, like some people loved it, right? Some some people hated it. And so really, neutral is not necessarily great, right? We want people to understand at least a little bit about what we do and want to have more interest. So that was the biggest takeaway. Was like, "Mm, we got to do some rethinking but you here. but you had a sense of that ahead of time oh yeah. absolutely I mean how many okay. times have you talk to people and they're like oh what do you do like skydiving oh like retreats you know and I'm yep. like no oh, um and so having to explain that and that again we thought like a tagline might be able to help provide some more sure you know, what that is maybe it's just a tagline refresh because uh, we don't have a tagline but no um when Caroline really looked at it, she was like, "This is just a lot of people who feel eh about it," and so it's worth revisiting a new name, perhaps, right? Which is kind of a big deal. I'm also one of those people where nonprofits get a lot of leeway, right? Like if we were Apple, if we were a clothing brand, you need a much slicker website, much slicker brand. Nonprofits can can be a little bit cutesy, and a lot of supporters um, have empathy, yeah. so it's not where you put your money. Um, that was a big takeaway. I mean, I think to your point, finding we f- are really engaged people who read everything contributed to this survey. So it was a lot more yeah. people who were retired and older. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they were more willing to fill it out because they probably had time to do it.
0: So is a name change on the table? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if simply, if a logo change would work, like add Ad venture, where it's like the venture was... And even the way that you said it, and then I had a tagline to support it, the, I think the business owner in me feels for you where I'm like, oh no, not a name change because of the collateral effects of, uh, but I, I hear you, um, adventure, adventure project as, as you hear it for the first time, doesn't immediately think venture, but
1: perhaps
0: a, a designer can work their magic.
1: Perhaps I, yeah, um. I, I ate a lot of cookies last night because I was like, "Oh gosh!" Just because I know <laughs> it's a big project. Yeah, but you know we're we're also we're ten years in, and and we feel like there's so much more work we could be doing. And so if that's going to help us scale, then I I don't want to be holding on to uh, something that's part of my identity for the sake of myself, right?
0: I love that point. That is you putting your ego aside, right? Of what's best for the mission, what's best for the organization, what propels us forward and not exactly what I just said, which was how difficult is that going to be? right? And it can be both, right? But like, if, if that's how you're making your decisions, if the, if the filter for the decisions is what propels our mission forward, okay, that helps kind of inform. So let's talk about some of the other pieces of data. So when I look at data, you know, if I'm looking at like email reporting or click through rates or anything like that, even Google traffic, all, all the data. One of the places that I'll like spar a little, with, a bit with somebody who's like a data nerd is I feel like there is the data, there is the math of it, and then there is the intuition of it, the gut check. You mm-hmm. knowing as the founder of your organization something else that the data is or is not indicating. And so sometimes I'd like to talk about this idea of like, okay, people seemed really interested in this, but, you know, they didn't really convert. The data is saying this, but it's like sometimes there's a knowing. So I'm wondering, was there that piece too, where like the data informed something or didn't inform something and you almost want to override it?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even with the survey, I remember we were thinking... Okay, this is mainly retirees who fill us out. You know, we yeah. have ages, right? And so they had time, and so their perspective might be different than 10% the entrepreneur or the the person at Google that we're trying to reach to get more involved and in, and their um, insight of what words really resonate with them and the yep. verbiage that re- you know will get propel them to give would be very different. Um, to your point about skimming emails, like just think of how many times J Crew emails me yep. in a week. You know, and it's like none of us take us personally. That's the nonprofit tip that I think nonprofits need to write home about is like, we need to just keep emailing people. I think we think we're bothering them. Like, no, like people skim and delete all the time, or they skim and say, I'll donate later. Oh, That's yeah, right. got to get that on my radar. It's like, just got to keep emailing, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> That's on my question list to ask you, which is you do email more frequently than mm-hmm. the average nonprofit. And every time you email me, I'm smiling because I'm like, yes, nice. she's doing it. they are emailing me more than once a quarter. This is amazing. And then when you're in a sprint, you're in a campaign that has a, a container, a start, and an end date, you're emailing more, me more often, the way Sephora does, the way Nordstrom does, the way the gap does. And like you said, you know, if the gap emailed me a bunch of times, I'm not salty about it. it it's 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 a non-issue. Sometimes even. I've told this story before, but my daughter's school, they sent me a combination of 11 outreach points via text and email so that I would order photos. It was the 11th outreach, the 11th yeah. touch that I was like, I got to order these photos. I'm doing it right now. And at no point did I say, I'm annoyed. How dare they? Who do they think they are? And yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The photos, the photos, the photos. And then, and then I got distracted. Oh, the photos, the photos. It's like we're doing them a disservice by not
1: emailing all the time or emailing. Would you reminded me I did not order my kids preschool photos this year. They only sent me one email and I missed it. Or they, they sent two, they sent two. But yeah, I, I two is not in enough. my head. I still need to order from this fall because I didn't order their class photos yet because I just forgot. And so I think yeah. you're absolutely right. And I think it seems so scary when you're in the back of it, you're thinking about the thousands of people that are about to get your email and you're like, oh, I'm annoying people. And then I'm going to see that 10 people unsubscribed and that hurts my heart. And I'm going to eat a 10, 10 cookies, you know, afterwards, but really it's like, can't take it personally, you know, and how it's not has, much. How has
0: emailing more helped you grow, helped your, help your funding, help campaigns, help your awareness, help you grow? I mean, I think it increases engagement,
1: right? Because I think people are um, understanding that they they need more touch points, right? And they're like, oh yeah, there she is or blah, 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 blah. I mean, uh-huh. I, I'm laughing because I was supposed to send an International Women's Day email yesterday and I didn't like it. And so I just was like putting it off because it wasn't working well. And then my kids are now sick. They developed fevers yesterday. And so I didn't get around to sending it. And so- um, as much as you say, like you're emailing so much. i I still am like, oh, shoot. <laughs> that one <So> there
0: <laughs> needs yeah. to go out
1: tomorrow. and I'm just gonna be like belated international Women's Day. that's
0: right. but um, I mean, if it were me, I'm yeah. like send the email telling people why why like that is <laughs> interesting. You know what I mean though, like. Yeah. You know what? Here's your international women's day shout out a day late. Here's the real deal. Here's what it's like. Those are the emails that I connect with. Those are the ones that I tend to not skim to is a little, a little peek behind, behind the scenes. But yeah, that's another reminder, Becky, of just like, there are a lot of leaders that, that probably are looking at you going, I wish I could do what she's doing. And you're saying, you know, there's still more to do Christina. So it's like, there's no... There's no finish line and that's, that's okay. There's no point where
1: you, line. yeah. where you. And I will got also say exactly right. our highest performing emails are the ones that are just stripped down and they have just signed by me, no logo in the header. Like it looks like I actually sent you a note.
0: So I'm going to bring us back to two more questions about the survey. One is I couldn't remember, did you incentivize at all to get people to fill out the survey? Because one of the big things that I hear is we're not getting enough, people aren't filling this out. Or even if you ask for like feedback, um, even in my own courses, sometimes I'll do that. And sometimes I will yeah. not get a lot of traction. So I will incentivize it. I can't remember if you use that as a tactic.
1: Um, there was one sentence that just said, like, you can help shape our brand, you know, with your uh, yep. insights you will, you know, and we're happy to bring those results to you later. I think it was more just like a goodwill, like nice. could you help shape our brand. And my point again, to like sending an email as if it looks like it's me, like some of my bigger donors wrote back and I said, I'm sorry, I'm really busy. I'm getting to this this weekend, Becky. And I'm like, Oh, thank you so much. Like people think I personally wrote them and asked, could I please get your feedback? Cause I, you're valuable to us. That's right. Um, but to your point, I think we sent both surveys out to 1500 people. Okay. Each, in each segment, uh-huh. um, hoping for 50 responses. And so we got 50 from our donors and actually only like 16 from our, our non-supporters. Okay. So, you know, like if you were trying to get some sort of survey that's robust, like, I don't know if that would be it, but it gave us enough insight to just kind of make some decisions and and pull out some words that were like, oh, that's valuable to us or it, everyone's saying the same thing. So.
0: And then the last thing I wanted to ask you was, as you continue to do this, inevitably, it may not have happened this time, but I'm curious if it did, did you get any feedback where you're like, thank you, but that is not, we're not, we're not baking that into our strategy. I will give you an example, which is many, many years ago, I sent out a survey and I said, "Um, what did you think about this workshop? And can you give me some information about why you didn't buy the course? It was just like feedback, Uh five questions. Uh And somebody wrote in you just sound too excited. You're too excited, (laughs) Christina. And to this day, I have to laugh about it because I'm like, that's amazing. I was too excited. I was simply too excited for that person. And that, there is a flavor of that that I see on my side and I see it in any kind of survey. Sometimes you just have like a a Debbie Downer, a naysayer or just something that is not even, sometimes it's not negative. It's just not something you're going to implement. We might see this even from our donors where it's like, you should- have an auction. This is what you should do. And you're like, thank you, but we're not going to do that. Was there anything that fell into that bucket where you're like, eh? Hey, Changemaker, the Purpose and Profit Club coaching program is open now and you can save $1,000 for a limited time. Now, I'm running Outreach Genius live during the month of May. This is my prospecting and outreach sprint. We've had organizations upgrade donors and get $125,000 gifts after one session of this program. We've had organizations boldly ask for more, boldly prospect, cultivate brand new revenue streams, whether it's partners, sponsors, ambassadors, or individual donors. You need to be inside. If you want more information, go to splendidcourses.com forward slash club.
1: Um, I didn't look at all the surveys closely. I'm sure there might've been some people that at the end gave an idea. The survey wasn't really designed that way. It was really much more on like scales and um, yes or no questions, right? It was Got more it. quantitative. But I would say all the time, I mean, people all the time want to share their advice for free. Things <laughs> that so you're like, okay, thank you, right? And that that's like mission creep, right? Like, oh, you should be working in America or you should be, blah, or that, you know, people always want to give their opinions about, what you're doing or not doing. And I think you just have to, you have to understand too, that, you know, this is the society we live on where everybody wants to have an opinion about something now. And so you got to make room for that and say, okay, thank you. Yeah. That's good
0: advice. So I hear you and okay, noted. And then you move on and then you move on. Right. Absolutely. So, okay. Love that. So one of the things we're going to shift gears and talk about is, this idea that i think you've done well and maybe some suggestions you have for other organizations how do you how were you able to stand out like how do you how have you carved your niche what you do and stood out from the crowd especially because you're in an international organization you don't necessarily have the roots of like a, you know, I'm in Atlanta, I'm an Atlanta-based organization. So I think that comes with its own challenges, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to think early on when we started, Um, you know, some of the things that we did was, to your point, being very direct and very clear about how we were different or how we were doing something differently, right? So that in itself is intriguing to people. So, um, you know, for example, we started because a third of all wells in Africa are broken. So we were like very um, loud about that and kind of saying, people keep drilling more wells when really, you know, a third of them break within the first two years, instead of drilling more wells, Mm. let's like strategically train people to maintain them. Like you're providing the solution to where people are like, yes, I identify with that. I think you're right. And then it's like, here's how we're going to help this organization in Uganda do that and start the first well mechanic training program on the continent. And you, and people go, eh, yeah, I'm down with that. You know, and then you make it very easy. Like it's going to cost $40 per person to help make sure water's flowing for people in need. And so it's sounds so dumb to be dumbed down like that, but it's not dumbed down. It's you're providing the highlight reel of what sorry, people want and then people can dive deeper. Uh, To your point about survey results, results, a lot of these supporters who filled out the survey say, I need more information. I want to know this and this and this and this and this. And we stepped back and said, well, that's because they're retired and they have time and they want to read about it, which is great though, because they're some of our most loyal and bigger supporters. So how do we work that into our marketing where if people want to know more nitty gritty details about the program, Mm. it's available on our blog or our site, but it's not it's not that press release or the the top line uh, email pitch to get people to donate. Exactly. I was
0: just thinking that is great for a blog. That's great for over here where
1: Mm -hmm. you can click to read more, but yeah.
0: So how are you, let's kind of walk through a little bit of a future focus and the vision forward of, it sounds like you're trying to attract more people into your world who are not retired, who are, are they female entrepreneurs? Like who's your ideal who's that ideal market that maybe you're, you want to be cognizant and also create content that appeals to them too?
1: Absolutely. And a board member responded to the question, who's our ideal donor? And they wrote somebody who can donate, like just any like, but it was kind someone of with weird. a pulse, like somebody <laughs> with a pulse. Right. But I think, you know, there's some truth to that. I think we're not, um, we're pretty agnostic when it comes to politics, right? Like we believe that everyone deserves clean water and healthcare and a safer environment to raise their family. And that too many children in Africa are dying from things that are preventable, that truly would cost $2 and 50 cents to save the life of a child. And yet we just need to allocate those funds appropriately and effectively to, you know, really be able to save millions of lives. So we feel like Who doesn't resonate with that because it's affordable. It's easy. Yeah. Um, We can do that. Let's just provide those solutions. So to your point, like what are their customer personas that are going to resonate with people? Is the mom going to identify with the mom who just really wants to take care of her kids and send her kids to school and needs more money to do that? Um, Or, you know, is, is there some other thing that might, um, really tug on heartstrings of the Google employee who wants to know the ROI of their donation and they care about analytics and the data behind it. So I think that's where we're trying to really dive deeper is what's the common messaging. And then those Uh can dive deeper um, based on, you know, what their interests are. I love that. Can we talk a
0: minute about this idea of ethical storytelling and how you tell stories of, you know, mothers, children, and how you tell those stories in a way that isn't stereotypical, isn't tokenizing, is within, is, you know, within your your okay. values. Yeah, yeah, and and you've done that well.
1: Talk about that process. Mm, well, thank you. I mean, I think it's very intentional. It's been intentional since the very beginning, um, and a lot of that has come from the gratitude I have for, for being at charity water those first three years and spending a third of my time in Africa, where I met people that were just like you and me, they were moms trying, you know, I was single them, but you know, I was just trying to, they just, people just want to care for their kids and lead healthy, happy lives. And it does not take much money to change the trajectory of their lives. Um, and so we need to see people as people. It's just, unfortunately, because of geography, people are growing up in a much more difficult situation. COVID has made it 10 times worse for people living in extreme poverty than than you or me. And um, so we have, I see it as an obligation to make sure that the stories we're telling come across um, and resonate with you and me, but not in a sense of pity, but in a sense of purpose that Oh, that could be me. Or like, I'm so grateful that I have what I have. And, you know, sure, we can all complain about, um, the, you know, impending recession and just the rising Mm -hmm. cost of food. That is very, very real. Um, but you know, like 6 million people in Kenya are hungry right now. Right. And that's insane. That's insane from a few years ago. Um, 50% of the population has been having to pull from their savings to buy food. So I think, um, being able to see people as people and and being able to identify, I, I think makes it easier for you to want to give because it's, um, so clear to me that, that there's commonality and the more commonality you, you bring out of, of storytelling, the more, um, uh, Not only more do people raise, but more people are engaged and um, cheering you, cheering those people on, right? We all want people to succeed.
0: Yeah, it it brings people in and anchors them in. I think when we can identify, like you said, as a mother or identify Mm -hmm. with something else, I think one of the organizations I work with is in Haiti. I know you work there as well. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that always anchors me in and pisses me off is when there are curable diseases like cholera on the rise where you're like like it's maddening where you know where it's like we have we have vaccines for this we have medication for this and it's not getting there right yeah. and it's not yeah. and it's just like it's that is i think as a mother where you're like no like i i know we've got to you know i can i that's when i can get fired up of of seeing the parallels there of what that must be like for a child to be sick And just not have access, just simply not have access to the care that we have an urgent care down the road for, right? And we can, I can hop on a call with a pediatrician for, and the fact that, you know, cholera is not something, not what we're dealing with here, you know, those types of things. So I think that's
1: a really great reminder. Definitely. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I remember being in Haiti once and I had a layover in Fort Lauderdale and I grabbed a Starbucks, drank my coffee on the flight and then a few hours later, I was in a community that didn't have clean water, you know, and it was crazy to me. I'm like, I was drinking a Starbucks four hours ago in Florida. There it is where I am. And these children are using buckets to collect the drinking water for the day. Um, it's a crazy world we're living in, right? It is crazy. Mm -hmm. But to your point, like that should fire us up. That should be like, this is unacceptable. Yes. How can storytelling do that? And marketing you know, really move the needle, um, in terms of galvanizing support for the the right causes.
0: Yeah. I think it starts with what you said, which is basically the idea of like not othering the people, like not othering them. If anything, we're, we're leaning into the commonality there of it, of it all of the circle.
1: Telling, I think so often when problems are hard, we want like to share a vast, um, story when really it's like that one story about that one mom will end up raising you 10 times more than trying to tell the story of the whole village and capture everything. Oh my God. Say more about that, Becky, say more, (laughs) say more. No, it's true. I mean, I think, um, you know, people can, when the more they can visualize, that's one story and then they retell it in their head and they tell it to a friend and that resonates with them. And then you're just kind of saying like, wow, that's one mom of 500, that we helped yes. through this campaign. That That's like your one sentence bullet point, there, right? There's a founder
0: I work with. And one of the things he struggles with is really talking about the benefits of his organization, which there are many and not talking about the features, right? So really talking about the impact and the benefits and And what do I say? And what do I say? One of of the things I said to him, like, just tell Isaiah's story. You told me Isaiah's story. Just talk about Isaiah. If you get in that, if you get in that moment and somebody asks you, what do you guys do? What do you do? And you start to just, I know what that feeling is like, because people have asked me that and I'm like, oh, I don't, oh, what do I do again? You just blank, you know, I'm like, yeah. pick one story. Don't tell the story of the entire village, the entire community or the program in the last 10 years. Tell me about Isaiah. Tell me that mm-hmm. one thing. That's such a good reminder. That's such yeah. a good reminder. But I think, is it, is it just us getting in our own way that we want to tell the story of the entire village and the entire program and its impact over the course of 10 years? Like, what is that? I don't know. What is that neat? What is that, uh, inclination?
1: I don't know. I think it's also you, you work so hard to get there. I mean, that's a lot of work, right? Whatever that yes. has done and the benefits and the programs and all of those things. Um, yeah, I will say like the hardest thing for me is when people ask, how's the, how's the venture product doing? I'll like share internally how we're doing. I'm like, Oh, we're growing. We just hired this. And I'm like, People don't care about that. I have to keep reminding myself that I just hired this person. They want to know what just happened in Uganda or what just happened in Haiti. Like they want to know, um, Oh, I just saw joy. I was able to go visit her and like, She now has sent her grandkids to school. It's really phenomenal, you know, and that's, that's what they want to hear. That's the impact in the field. And, um, I'm sharing it as a confession that nine times out of ten I never say that I usually say like oh good we just moved into our new office in Brooklyn we're now back from working remotely you know like it's but I think that's I'll like you you're, you're wearing
0: that. yeah you're wearing your operations hat and of course that's what you're thinking about like it makes yeah. perfect sense right but it is that reminder of like even if somebody no one's interested that I finally hired the perfect assistant for this yeah. thing that no we're yeah. <laughs> not
1: interested Absolutely. no right. And I don't know what to do about it. I don't know if it's like you write, I need to write down like a note card to be like, when people ask me, this is what you're saying. <laughs> this is what you're saying. I think yeah. that might be helpful. Well, what I told him, I was like, have a couple, have
0: a couple of stories you can pull from your, your, your imaginary library and Isaiah, a, a thing. And sometimes it's like a moment that happened that happened recently, a phone call you just got off of. I'm thinking of the ED where it's like, you know, in Haiti, they're trying to get um, supplies Which is very hard to do right now, and I'm like, that's a story, that's a journey, you know, that's interesting. Versus, you know, um, like you said, we hired somebody to run. No, 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 that's not interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah." And I recently read this, and I I haven't tried it either, but it was really share the problem. Like so many people don't know what the problem is. Like you're mentioning Haiti right now, it's like we're really trying to get supplies into the country because there's currently no government. Correct. Well, that's the thing is, we forget be, that people what? don't what? know. Yeah. yeah. And you'd be like, yes, there's actually no government yes. in charge. The last, you know, set of parliament have left and there it is being overrun. And so we're trying to get things in from customs. That like propels people to be thinking, like, what? How is that possible? Yeah. Oh, well, maybe I know somebody or maybe I, you know, let me help you get supplies. Like, yeah. you're a problem that they can fast forward to the solution can be them helping out somehow. That's such a good reminder.
0: Yeah. When I first
1: started working with this
0: organization, it was several years ago. And I remember after our first call, I sat with my husband and I just said, why? I'm very, I'm just, why? And he, I mean, he was like, well, I think, and then I'm like going on a deep dive on Wikipedia and then reading a bunch. And it was like, yeah, I heard the initial problem. And I just was like, Oh my God, what, like, I didn't know what I didn't know at that point, but I was interested. And Mm -hmm. that's a good reminder too. to, you know, many of our subscribers and our followers, they don't know what we know. And we think sometimes that they know the problem, but maybe they did once upon a time ago, or maybe they knew a small part of it. Reminding them about the problem, I think is really important. Totally. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about the future. I was doing some research and some googling, and I I saw a partnership with Catbird.
1: Oh yes, they're my Wait, favorite.
0: First of all, I was like, ooh, Catbird! I love their jewelry.
1: <laughs> so I say they're my favorite, but they are my favorite. I I love them dearly.
0: And then I so I, I want you to tell us about that. I'll tell you why I got excited. One, I was like, yay, Catbird! That's cool. Two, it was it was a Forbes article. Very excited mm. about that. Mm -hmm. And then three, it was something that I'm just cannot stop shouting for the rooftops to raise your brand's visibility, which is partnerships, whether or not they are actual partnerships, but just connections, relationships. And so I loved it for all of those reasons. So tell us about this partnership fund with Catbird.
1: Yeah. Well, they're an incredible jewelry store in Brooklyn um, that, you know, started with just giving away 1% of their profits per year through their Catbird giving fund. And we were fortunate to get on their radar and, and build a relationship with them. Um, I'm telling this story because I think it's probably interesting to other marketers. It was like, we did something where they gave us, I think like $5,000 the first year, which was phenomenal. And then we worked really hard to report back and say, this is where we send it This da, da, da. Can we keep talking, um, build a rapport. And I think, you know, it got to the point where uh, I was in and I, um, foolishly was like thinking of asking them for $10,000, like, uh, in their office and like this is what, duh. and we got to talking about what I really wanted to build, which was this idea of a women's fund and the idea that so many incredible organizations exist in Africa, but the ones that are scaling fast are the ones that you and I really know well that are run by white men. Right. Yep. Um, and coming from charity water, I, I'm included on that, you know, like they're those organizations seem to take off the fastest, and but the ones that are doing incredibly impactful work aren't getting the same dollars or recognition. Uh, and so, how can we raise the profile of female-founded organizations in Africa? And so, maybe this is what worked. But I presented it kind of as a problem, right? Like, how can I really would like to do this? They uh-huh. called a few weeks later, and they're like, "We love this idea. Um, we're not going to give you ten thousand dollars. We're going to give you half a million. And we want to help yes. build this out and support female-founded organizations in Africa. And like, imagine what's possible if we get ten to twenty to forty other cat birds like this involved yes. in this mission. Um, whether that's giving a percentage of their proceeds or what. Um, to clarify, the half a million dollars is for the next ten years, so it's roughly like fifty k a year. But that's amazing. phenomenal. It's um, amazing. So we- Yeah. Phenomenal. And we helped them pick an incredible organization in Togo. I'm actually going to be there next week visiting, um, that is providing healthcare and, um, helping women who are pregnant. It is one of the regions with the highest maternal and uh, mortality rate in the world, uh, because there is virtually no access to basic healthcare. 9% of the population has ever seen a medical professional. So, um, being able to train women to become community healthcare workers is life-saving. Um, you know, for example, they just got one of the first ultrasound machines, you know, like oh, wow. things that are just like, we take so much for granted here, um, yep. because of Capridge support and their partnership year after year, we're able to really dive deep and see how, how is that region going to go from 9% health cover, care coverage to hundred percent healthcare coverage uh, in the next 10 years.
0: I'm so excited. And, and I would imagine Catbird's audience is I'm, I'm one of them. Do you know what I mean? And so there's so much alignment between their customers too, and a great way to tap into a new audience and have an aligned partnership in that way. That's so exciting.
1: I love that. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm definitely (laughs) a customer. And yeah. And to your point, we were tried really hard to be like, what would match with you? Resonate with your employees. Mm-hmm. What, what what program speaks? What do you want to get excited about? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then our our ultimate goal and vision is like, how do we do that for like a hundred other companies and say like, you care about the environment? Let us tell you about Charlotte and Kenya, who yes. is you know providing clean cook stoves, which is such an tremendous win for the environment and climate change. Blah. And here are the metrics you could achieve if you did X Y Z. So again, what I'm saying is, is what most people do and excellent market, marketers and fundraisers do, but that, that's our vision and hope is could we get the next 10 to 20 caps? Do you have a
0: partnership at all with um Claire V, that designer? Do you know her? Claire no. Vivier. <laughs> do you know no. she's is
1: it she's, like the end, Claire. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So her last name is French, so Vivier. But um she she does, so she's got really cool clothes. Hats, clothes, purses, but she does these partnerships with like every mother counts. um mm-hmm. Every town, I think I I keep buying her shirts because her shirts are so cool. They're a hundred bucks a pop. They go towards the, these different organizations, some of them. And I'm like, oh, you guys should, I want one of, I want this. This is another one. So check yes.
1: her out. Um, Please. Um, if, if that would be. Claire v, I'm Claire. The dot like for Instagram, then I'm definitely a Facebook fan. And I, does she make like those cool, like purses slash fanny packs? I'm going to show you. Yeah. What Cause that's, you have no idea how much. I am walking out in the room, but,
0: um, she, I've got a little really cute like, checkered board one, but it's my closet. Mm-hmm. This is a little pink one. It's super cute. hot yes. body. Um, and then she's got Really cool sweatshirt. So yes. she does this. She has this whole social impact arm to her business. That. And it's like the easiest $100 I keep spending yes. <laughs> because she keeps doing these new partnerships with other organizations. They're so cool. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Um, So I'm like, I see that being very aligned. So I'm going to put that it. out into the universe.
1: I'm looking that up
0: after this. Um, okay. Yeah. We're going to wrap up with. How can people connect? I feel like my audience, especially those who are consultants, so like all my social <laughs> entrepreneurs, they're like you can be very excited about what you do because as a female entrepreneur, especially this fund is very exciting. It, mm. it it there's a lot of overlap. So what's coming down the pipeline? You told us about that. How how can people support you and get involved? Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, in the short term, you know, I'm leaving for Ghana and Togo on Saturday, so in two days, and we're really focusing, those are two female founded organizations that are part of our women's fund portfolio. Um, something that differentiates us too is like we still create jobs for men. I think people sometimes go like, oh, well, you're female founded. You're obviously supporting women, helping women. But you know, no, I think our, our goal is just let's be intentional. Let's make sure that half of the local organizations we support are female founded and, and grow those. So if there are people who are like, oh yes, I would love to be part of this women's fund. We have various levels that people can join and give and get involved. Um, we would love that. Our intention and hope is that it becomes a community in itself of yeah. female founders or business leaders who want that connection to other people and other brands um, that care about this stuff and care about causes. So please reach out to me. People can just email me Becky Straw at theventureproject.org. Um, you know, or just specifically even getting on our email list, giving me feedback helping to share our campaign and our cause to your point. It is so charming to, to hear from you say that we're, we're around, but we still feel very small. I mean, we feel like there's so much more work we want to do and could do and people we can reach and help. So anytime anyone has an opportunity to um, help amplify our story, I would, I would love and honor and um, celebrate that. So awesome. Please uh, reach out or connect.
0: And Last question for you, which I ask all my guests: What is one thought, mantra, affirmation, sentence thing that you like to think on purpose? What is something that helps guide you? And um, and it can be anything that you think that you think with intention.
1: Oh, um, well, this is just me personally lately, and I don't know if it's a really good mantra, but um, to be kind kind to yourself. Mm. I have a Google calendar update on the ninth of every month that says, be kind. Oh, that's good. Just because it's, and then that's the day when I don't care about beating myself up. So often we think about our to-do list and all the things we're not doing and should be doing. And I didn't get this done today. And what I'm trying to be more intentional about is like, I need to write down the wins for the day, because as you know, as a parent, like there's always going to be a to-do list at the end of the day that never ends or laundry that's yep. not folded that you wanted folded. So just remember to be kind to yourself because I love it. living through a really hard time and a really unique time, mm-hmm. culturally it is. it's not easy. Um, so it can feel very lonely and isolating sometimes to a lot of people. And so, yeah, remembering that um, you're doing a great job. That's what I want to tell everybody. You are,
0: it may it's not, true,
1: matter, but you are.
0: It's true. The place we're in right at this very moment is the place we dreamed of being in in some mm. way mm. a few years ago. Like, truly, like your organization, my business. It's like where I am right now, even though it seems very far away from my, a goal in the future, it is actually where I wanted to be years ago. Yeah. So it's like kind of meta in that way. Um, I will mention The Gap and the Gain, if you haven't read that book, is a good one to help no. you. Okay. So the gap. gap, the gap is basically the all the things you haven't done, right? And the gain is all the things you have done, all the traction and kind of honoring and staying in that place. And it's it's a good one.
1: Mm, that is great. I love
0: that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been, I mean, so many, so many takeaways. And I know that um, all of the folks listening are like, yes, nodding along and feeling very, very energized.
1: After listening to you. So thank you. Oh my gosh, you're sweet. Um yeah, thank you so much. I, I am honored. I'm hoping to connect and stay stay connected to you, Christina. And so thank thank you for giving me this opportunity to chat. If you ask me,
0: everyone should have a coach, especially you. I want to invite you to schedule a free discovery call with me. Go to splendidatl.com forward slash contact. You'll see my calendar there. Book a call with me. You'll learn about my smart growth method where we can grow your business or organization sustainably with ease and massive impact. Think you've reached out to everyone in your network? Are you out of ideas to get noticed and get funded? I hear you. That's why I'm giving you a chance to steal my prospect list. Yes, you can generate leads for your nonprofit or impact driven business. Grab my mini training and list delivered to your inbox instantly. Go to splendidcourses.com forward slash prospect.